So I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Stories from Southwest Virginia podcast today. We have a very special guest on. I'm happy to introduce to everybody. And we're going to be talking about a couple of venues and music and some festivals and events that go on within Southwest Virginia and how this particular team has some involvement with that and some insight. And joining me today is Micah Davidson. And uh, Micah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And I guess if you wouldn't mind just to give everybody a chance to learn more about you, if you wouldn't mind just to introduce yourself. Sure. Uh, thanks, Chad, for having me. I'm excited to be on it. Um, I am Micah Davidson. I am the founder and president of Midwood Entertainment based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. We are a multifaceted company. We produce, uh, we have a venue division and have four venues between Pennsylvania and Virginia that we handle the curation of their, of their calendars for. Um, we have an agency division with about 27 artists that we handle the touring of. I have a couple of guys who do the booking, who are booking agents who work for me. One of them lives in Richmond, the other one in Charleston. And then um, we also have an event division and we have, uh, we usually are doing roughly 30 to 35 events throughout the Southeast, um, obviously before COVID uh, hit um, and so on. And so that's kind of where we are. I'm originally from Roanoke, Virginia, myself and still have family there. So I always like going back to visit Um, and that's kind of where we're at. So that's, that's sort of a quick uh, intro on on me. I have a lot of gray in my beard. For those of you who can't see me, it's all in my chin. <laughs> that's excellent. <laughs> well, it sounds like uh, you definitely have a uh, uh, your hands in, in a couple of different areas as far as from the events and venues and such. And it looks like y'all had like, a, like an artist division. I even noticed uh, mm-hmm. it looked like some artists on there that I've known and heard throughout the years, a couple of which I actually went to high school with. So that was kind of interesting to see that uh, their names were included on that list as well. But uh, as far as venues, we were first connected in regards to the Harvester. Uh, mm-hmm. What, what kind of insight do you have as far as what you guys got going on up around at the Harvester location? Well, so Harvester has been around for, I think, around seven years at this point. Uh, and there was a guy who's been in the industry for uh, somewhere between 40 and 50 years, I think, doing this, named Gary Jackson. And he's been he's been in the greater Virginia area as a as a uh, concert promoter for a very long time, and what he, what Gary and the town of uh, Rocky Mount have done is created an incredibly special uh, premier venue in the Mid Atlantic region, and um, you know they've had artists like Pure Prairie League and Brandy Carlisle and Willie Nelson and Tap Benoit and um, you know, Eric Gales and Delmer McClinton and so on over the years. And it's just become a place where we're, they've established an environment where artists and fans want to come back all the time. Um, and it's in this little itty bitty town called Rocky Mount, which is, I think, if I remember correctly, about a 5,000 uh, person population. Um, it's just outside of Roanoke. So it's really nice to go up there and do that. Um, but that's sort of a quick history of the of the place. Uh, how I got involved was he had Gary had announced his retirement, and uh, a friend of mine is affiliated with the venue. She works for the town, and, and she reached out and said, "You know, Gary's getting ready to retire, and would you be at all interested in coming on board and helping us out?" And um, for me, it was a, it was a super easy answer of, of yes. Uh, one because I love the venue, um, and, and again the reputation they built. So why would I not want to do it? But it also gives me the opportunity to to, to come home. It's only 20 minutes away from Roanoke, and like I said, I'm from there originally, so I still have family there and have friends who still live there. And so it's it it gives sort of a sense of me being able to come home and contribute to the community on some level that I that I grew up in, even though it's Rocky Mount, but it's only 20 minutes from Roanoke. 
Um, you know, when I grew up in Roanoke, I was, I was sneaking out of the house and sneaking into clubs and stuff like that to go see live music. You know, I'd get off work and tell my parents I was going to a friend's house and instead I'd go see a concert, you know, um, sneak in venues through the back door or get a fake ID or whatever it may be. So, you know, I've been ingrained, I feel like in the music industry when I, from when I was a little kid there in the region. And so it's, it's really great to be able to come back and be part of a venue that contributes so much to that area. I'm glad I'm, I'm not the only one that's ever done that. And, and for me, it was uh, a lot of the shows I went to were actually in North Carolina. So like uh, Charlotte, Winston-Salem, Greensboro were a few of the locations that really had a lot of the acts that I enjoyed at the time coming in to see. And I remember yep. this one time uh, I was afraid to ask my parents for permission uh, to go to this concert because I actually would have to leave school about a half day early to get, I think we were going to Raleigh or or however it's said. I, I've been corrected on Raleigh a couple of times. Is that how you pronounce mm -hmm. it? Being from, it is. Okay. You got it. You got it. You're good. I've heard some people tell me I'm wrong and that it's actually pronounced Riley, which doesn't sound correct to me at all, but we'll go with Raleigh because I think that sounds more correct. But uh, That's the way I say it. I, I, yeah. And uh, I don't know. I guess it's, it's a part of that, uh, just where you're from kind of thing. But yeah, I, I wrote a note and forged my mom's signature and turned it into the school and said that I had to leave early. <laughs> and a, a buddy of mine got permission from his mom because, you know, he wasn't afraid to ask. And so, uh, we left school half day early and drove to, uh, Raleigh to watch this show. Didn't get back to like six o'clock the next morning, had school the next morning, but, uh, those experiences were great. And, and I hope that people in some ways are, are even if they aren't experiencing music the way that we did by, you know, sneaking out into these different places, they're at least exploring music in some way, shape or form. So that's fantastic. I, I hope so. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. My, my, both my parents are big into music. Uh, they never did it professionally or anything, but they're just big fans. And so mm -hmm. I used to go to concerts with my parents all the time in general. Um, and for all genres, we would go see jazz shows and, and symphony shows and, and rock and roll shows and so on. And, um, and they would even drive me, to, they would drive me and my friends sometimes to a whole nother market to go see shows. Uh, so it was sort of weird that I, that I felt it was, uh, it was still something I needed to do by sneaking into clubs and, and sneaking out of the house and stuff like that to do it. But, um, I guess that's just part of growing up. You still feel like you got to rebel even when you're technically allowed to do those things in the first place. Yeah. I suppose that, that could be the rock and roll aspect of things is feeling like you had to sneak around and, 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 you know, it's interesting too, is I, I'm, I'm also that type of person where I'm very well versed in all different types of genres. There's not really one that I necessarily like more than others. It's more of a flavor of the week. You know, one, one week for me, it could be like an indie style. The next week could be hard rock and the next week could be uh, something more calming or atmospheric. And, and speaking of a variety of music. You also have your hands involved with uh, Bristol Rhythm and Roots as well. Yep. And, you know, that's definitely a, a great music festival, even though it does tie more within our roots of here in Southwest Virginia and Northeast Tennessee and parts of North Carolina. There still is a wide variety of acts that you'll be able to see there. Yeah. It's one of the things I've actually loved uh, about that festival specifically. Um, I've been going to that festival uh Again, everybody's got this giant black hole of a year last year, so I, I, I can't, I barely know what day it is, but I've, I've been going to that festival for sort of between eight to 10 years at this point, just as a patron, um, you know, and I've gotten to know some of the people that helped produce it, Dave Stallard and Brent Treesh and, and Leah Ross and, and so on. Um, I got to know them over the years, and I, it, it, this is one of those events where I don't care if I'm ever, they, they could, I am the talent buyer. Um, I, so I help curate the entire lineup of the festival. I work with the music committee. 
um, to to still do that. But I'm I'm sort of the the voice, if you will, of that music committee to the uh, to the professional aspect of the industry. I work with all the agents and all the artists, and I am in charge of artist relations. But so if they decided at some point to let me go, I told them uh, they 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 know this already. I'm not going to stop coming. They're not going to get rid of me. You know, like um, that festival is so near and dear to my heart. It's my favorite festival I've ever been to. Period. I've never missed it from the very first year I've ever been. I've never missed it. Um, in fact, now that I think about it, I think uh, I think COVID is the only reason why I've missed it in the last 10 years. And it's an incredible honor to be able to be disaffiliated with it. Um, uh, I, I certainly cried a little bit when they offered me the position and um, and I couldn't be more excited about it. And I, I started... I actually worked at the festival in 2019. I didn't, I, I helped a little bit. They, they, I've been sort of consulting a little bit on the side for, for years. They would call me and ask me my opinion about some things, about some of the artists they were thinking about going after and how to negotiate those deals and so on. Um, and then they called me in 2019, I, I think, or maybe it was 2018, late 2018, early 2019. And they needed some help getting their last, uh, headliner. So I helped them get one and a Judd and, um, um, you know, we, I actually, then I was hired to help produce the festival for 2020. And so I actually worked the festival in 2019, which was pretty incredible. Um, so I'm excited to get back at it for 2021, for sure. Yeah, I, I can relate to you on that. I think my first experience with Rhythm Roots, I believe was 2009. I was going to Virginia Intermont College and, and part of what Rhythm Roots was doing at the time was they worked with the college to have the, mm-hmm. the photography students come in and like be, do a lot of the photography experience from like that that patron level and then some of the more experienced students they would get to get in more of like the artisan area or the artist areas and and do photography for, for them as well and then the following year um, I, I was at a different school and we didn't do that same contract setup so we did more video and that was kind of you know 2010 video versus what we have today is a completely different world but then when I got to experience Rhythm Roots for the first time, the fall, the year after that as a patron, that was a cool experience. Like, you know, there, there's an experience getting to go and just, uh, and work at it. And then there's an experience getting to submerse yourself into it. And I, I don't think that anybody that hasn't been to it understands what we're talking about is, you know, unlike a lot of events, like, you know, I used to like going to places like Warp Tour and a lot of these bigger name events. And, you know, although they're cool, this one's right in the heart of the city of Bristol. So you not only have music everywhere, stages and bands playing at all times, you have access to the restaurants and the breweries and the shops and just the people. And that's what makes it such a cool experience is you're right in the heart of the city of Bristol and you you have access to everything you could ever want. So it's, it's definitely an event that, that I miss, you know, this past year due to COVID and everything. And hopefully this year we're looking a little bit more forward with it. And I'm sure if it all works out, I'll, I'll be there and uh, see everybody as well. So that, that's phenomenal. I, I love hearing your story about your involvement with Rhythm Roots, both on the working aspect as well as just being a patron, just enjoying all the music. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been, an, it's, it's sort of, uh, I don't know if ethereal is really the right word, you know, like the, there's, you could certainly look at this aspect of sort of destiny, you know, uh, you know, even when I had the opportunity to interview for the position, it was still one of those things where it was like, this, this still wasn't real. Like, again, this is my favorite festival ever. I can't think of a single other festival that I would, that, that I'm more excited to be working with. And I even say that being a guy who actually owns a festival based down in North Carolina, um, it's a much smaller event, but it's, it's one that I own and it's, it's, we've been, I've been doing it for 10 years. 
or at least last year would have been our 10 year anniversary. And, and still as much as I, that's the North Carolina Brewers and Music Festival. And as much as I love that festival, Bristol is just something else. It is, it is just such an incredible experience to be there. And, and it's a rich culture that, of, of music that comes out of, of that community, you know, the 1927 sessions and such. And the, the history of what uh, Americana, country music, whatever you want to call it, um, American roots music, the, the history that comes out of that particular region of Southwest Virginia and Eastern Tennessee, and what it's really truly brought in and led to today to watch that transition and learn more about that deeper aspect of, of where that, that history comes from has just been an incredible experience. So it just makes it that much more rich of an experience also for me to be able to be part of it on this level. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head on that one. It's, I think part of that atmosphere that comes out is you can really feel that, that history and everything that happened there. And, and, you know, with it being the birthplace of country music, that, that definitely speaks volumes too. And it's, and you know, there's so many venues along the crooked road, for example, that have great feelings like that as well. You know, like my office here at the cultural center in Abingdon, I'm, I'm right next door to the director of the cult, uh, the crooked road. So we're always talking about all the different venues and all the different things you can happen. And I think that's, what's cool is, you know, th- there is that special experience in Bristol at rhythm and roots, but you can also experience these different, you know, kind of experiences at other locations throughout the crooked road. And that's what I think so cool about the region and i'm not talking just here in southwest virginia but northeast tennessee and then over in yep. north carolina too like you know we try to view things without state lines and these borders and just see that you know we're a region and uh and we all kind of have made a play into that history that has led us to where we are today and our interests and you know from our mountains and our music and our craftsmen it's just it's a wonderful place to live and you know anybody that's listening that is not from the area. Maybe you're considering coming th- to this area for the first time, or or you're looking to revisit. Definitely do so, because you know, obviously, you already know that there's many awesome things to do around here. But you know, Grandfather Mountain in North Carolina is one of my favorite outdoor locations. And yep, absolutely. You know, and uh, Northeast Tennessee, you know, uh, the, the lake. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Watauga Lake, I believe. Yep. One of the most yep. beautiful lakes. And then here in Southwest Virginia, you know, we have like uh, Grayson Highlands. So coming to these music festivals and supporting your musicians and artisans while also getting to enjoy these beautiful uh, scenic adventures is well worth it. It's, it's, it's uh, unlike any experience I've ever had in my entire life. I, I agree. And there, there's, you know, I think almost all of my events that I produce, excuse me, besides Bristol, take place in a park, in a field, on mm-hmm. the side of a mountain, you know, uh, things like that. And Bristol is in the middle of the city, town, city, whatever you want to call it. You're in the heart of downtown. There are no, you know, the only green space for the most part is uh, is Cumberland Park, which is a beautiful space. And the town is is just this really beautiful, quaint little town to produce this event in. And I, it, it just continues to floor me, the amount of energy that comes out of that that little town. Um, and what it creates and how many people come religiously every single year. Um, there was a, a woman in 2019, I had to stop her and take a picture. There was a young lady who was getting ready to have her first baby. Wow. And she had had a t-shirt designed that had, um, uh, it, it, it's going to be hard to sort of describe, I guess, or, or for people to envision this, but you know, you you see those pictures that are kind of like I'm with stupid and it's got a, you know, an arrow <laughs> that points to, to your right or your left or something like that. 
it was something similar, but it was like my first, it, it literally said my first Bristol, uh, Bristol rhythm and roots, but it was on like her belly and stuff, huh. you know, and it had like a little like drawing of headphones, you know, sort of around, uh, her belly and stuff because she was, she was very, very pregnant. And, you know, her doctors were certainly like, no, you really shouldn't be out and about and stuff. And she, I mean, she told me this whole story and she was, uh, she, she and her family go every year and she wasn't going to miss it just because she was that pregnant and stuff like that. And it's, that is, that to me is the exact, um, appeal of what this festival is. This is something that people have been going to for years and years and years with their family. And it's generational, you know, it continues to go down, um, or trans transgenerational generational, I don't know. I think you probably understand what I'm trying to say. I know everybody else does, but where it, it's something that you, you constantly are giving to your next generation of family. Yeah. Um, and it's just incredible to watch the support of it. And anyone, I'll go ahead and also say this to your point, you know, people should come to this region, but for real, if you are, I don't know how far this, this podcast goes, but if you are from anywhere in, in, in the world and you have, you're a big fan of country music, you need to come to Bristol. You need to come and, and there's a, the incredible birthplace of country music museum is there. Then you need to come and, and check out the heritage and check out the music that comes out of that region and stuff, because this is where it came from. You know, there, there's, there's artists who are certainly from other parts of the world and other parts of the country and stuff like that, um, where they themselves have developed, you know, a new sound that comes out of that region, but it's all based off of the music that came out of the 1927 sessions, you know? Ralph Peer and stuff like that. So there's so much history there that, that I didn't even know of until I started getting real deep into it. Yeah. And, and, and not even and the music's astounding. The, the artists are amazing. And just keeping that heritage and that history alive is one thing. But even like these venues, like uh, if you're talking about Floyd and see like the Floyd Country Store and then you see like the um, what's it called in Marion, the the Lincoln Theater, where they produce Song of the Mountains, all these places are beautiful venues and locations in themselves that are just worth yep. the, the trip to come see. And as far as how far we've reached, I think I was looking on the podcast the other day, and we've even got some listeners in, in Germany and Japan and, and over in Europe. And so we've, we've really reached out there. So if you're looking for a safe, fun place to go, that's very welcoming and inviting to any and everybody. Uh, the Southwest Virginia, Northeast Tennessee, and uh, North Carolina region is, is definitely a great place for you, and we'd be happy to yep. have you all here. So, uh, yep. And Micah, uh, I don't know if you're, I'm sure you're a very busy man and everything, and we're, we're kind of nearing the, the end of the, today's episode, but is there anything else you'd like to say today as far as uh, your, your company with Midwood uh, Entertainment or some of the things y'all do or just any uh, links you'd like to throw out there today for everybody to go visit? I mean, if anybody wants to check out what we do, you can go to midwoodentertainment.com. It's M-I-D-W-O-O-D entertainment.com. Um, and you can see all of the things there. You can, you can click on the different divisions and they'll, they'll direct you. You can obviously bounce around the website as, as much as you want. But, you know, for us, we're, we are an organization that really helps curate, hopefully, the soundtrack to people's lives. You know, whether they're going to a venue or they're going to a festival or it's one of the artists that we represent that, that are out there touring. You know, um, we're not a super public company, I guess you, you would say. Um, you know, we're, we're everybody knows who Live Nation is and AEG and things like that. Those are the two biggest promoters in the world. Um, what we try to do, we don't care as much about if people know who we are necessarily. It's nice when they do, but that's not what's important to us. 
the way we sort of view how we create we create our events and curate our events is is at the end of the day we want to we want to be able to look out into the crowd and know that the the people out there have been able to let go of their their everyday lives you know that we're trying to create experiences for them so that they have the ability to all just be one group of people Every, there's no differences between anybody you know it's all about bringing people together and just let, uh, having people enjoy themselves and uh and hopefully enjoy the music while they're at it you know so I would say that's sort of our fundamental philosophies as a company. And thankfully that's, that's what we get to do, you know, and it's nice to be able to do it in this region of the world. And I think that's, that's a hundred percent the best approach to take to it there. Cause at the end of the day, it's all about these events and these festivals. And, you know, it seems like you guys do a wonderful job with it. And some of the involvement that I've seen firsthand for like rhythm and roots, for example, you know, phenomenal experiences so definitely everybody keep up the great work and doing what you do but everybody thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast today hope you all enjoyed this episode there'll be some links in the descriptions wherever you're watching this podcast whether it's apple spotify or on our website at visit swva.org to everything that micah uh, mentioned there as far as anything else that we mentioned on today's episode you'll be able to find links to all that below be sure to subscribe to us on apple and spotify if you haven't already and as always be sure to be safe while exploring around Southwest Virginia.